0: Technisha.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Bright Side with Technisha, and I'm your host, Technisha. Today we're going to move into our purpose. We're going to get out of those locked mindsets. That's what it's all about. Get out that locked mindset. 2019. It's here. What are you doing to accomplish your goals? Have you even started on them? yet? Yeah, if you haven't, then you're way behind already. But Anyhow, we're going to start off on a good note, good foot, good day, all that. So here with me is another guest. I have the pleasure to have him on my show with this wonderful book. And I'm going to give you a little detail about him. He was born into a tribe of movers and shakers. Lee McCormick has always lived out loud. He is the founder of the Integrative Life Center in Nashville, the Ranch Recovery Center in Tennessee, and the Canyon Treatment Center in Malibu, California, and has been a creative force in the mental health and recovery scene for over 20 years. He found Spirit Recovery to produce healing and recovery conferences and spiritual journeys around the world. Lee is also a co-founder of Front Porch Partners, a consultant management and research development company working in the medical and behavioral health disciplines. Lee has authored the Spirit Recovery Meditation Journal to assist her in her life and is co author of Spirit Recovery Medicine Bag with HCI books. Lee is executive producer and has a leading role in the documentary Dreaming Heaven, the true story of the experiences of eighteen people over five days at Teo Hukin, Mexico. I hope I said that correctly for all my people in Mexico, don't kill me. He has led many journeys to this place of power. Today, he is here to talk about his new heart reconnection guidebook and how a group of powerful friends sitting around a kitchen table create a masterpiece of heart based healing. So, while Father, do I like to welcome Lee McCormick onto the show? Lee, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us today. So, how's your day going so far?
2: Everything's good.
1: <laughs> Everything's good. Wonderful. It's
2: pretty. Ah, it's, uh, yeah.
1: Where it's are a you? Day today. I'm I'm right here in Atlanta, Georgia. The weather is not too warm today at all, so it's not hot Atlanta at all today. Oh, okay.
2: Well, I'm just up very the
1: highway, man. I'm I'm in Nashville, so it's it's
2: pretty and sunny, but it's cold. But it's winter time.
1: Yeah, it is. It's time. I tell everybody all the time. Georgia weather is very bipolar, but it's so good to have you here. My first Thursday of the new year, yes, to start off with a wonderful show. I'm so I'm so happy about that, and I'm honored to have your book right here in my hands. So I want to ask this, Lee: How did this compilation book come about, and tell us a little bit about your co-writers?
2: Okay, um, the book, the the idea for the book happened. Um, I was at a U.S. Journal conference. U.S. Journal produces mental health addiction conferences for, for therapists and licensed professionals um, around the country. They've been doing it for years and years. And I was presenting at a U.S. Journal conference in Santa Fe. Um, and Joan Borosenko who is a part of this book, and her husband, Gordy DeVeren, live in Santa Fe. Joan is amazing. She's Gosh, I think she's written fifteen or sixteen books. She's a, a Harvard-trained PhD psychologist, um, and just an amazing person. And Holly Cook, who is Holly Cook, um, Will Tagle, Gary Seidler, and Mary Faulkner, who's my main co-writing partner. We were all just hanging out at Jones' house. All of us have been involved um, in the medical field or the healing and recovery field um for a number of years and between us we realized that we had like two hundred and fifty years combined experience in working with people, you know, helping them sort their lives out and uh and, and recreate their life after they'd found themselves in a mess, you know, to kind of put it simply. Um, and in that conversation I'm the guy who's never been satisfied with the outcomes in the treatment business or the outcomes in the recovery work. You know, it's, it's the best outcomes by all the studies are like 30% effectiveness for drug and alcohol or mental health treatment. Um, And I've just never bought into the excuses for why that has been the situation, you know, for all these years. And I've always questioned the basis of, of what are we doing here? You know, what are we teaching people? What's, what's the message that we're giving them? Are we really bringing light into this situation? Are we really raising them up? Or are we just reprogramming them, you know, to be happy addicts and alcoholics? And, um, you know, so what's the real truth here? What's going on? So we, we started that conversation and all of us are very congruent in our points of view. We have, you know, very different backgrounds. And we all have come to realize a lot of the same things. And so I said, you know what? If we could all come together and write a book around this as an opening to creating a new platform, it could really be like we could we could do something really cool here. Um, and everybody agreed. So Mary and I – Set out writing the first draft of the book, and then everyone else contributed into that, and we about drove our editor crazy because she had to re-edit the book four times. You know, we kept adding stuff <laughs> and tweaking stuff, um, but that's how it happened. You know, it's literally just a group of friends with a lot of a lot of combined experience and and a lot of heart and soul for for helping people. Um, you know. Helping people create a life, connect to a life that they love living, because that's what it's really about. It's not about being good enough. It's about realizing you are good enough and that you deserve to live a life you love living.
1: Thing I live that. You don't have to be great in order to start. You just start in order to be great. And That's amazing because you come from a big business of country music. And then you go into the alternative business of rehab and recovery. How was that transition for you? Well, I mean, the two fit together
2: pretty well. <laughs> I, was, I moved well, to Nashville with a band. Um, you know, I started playing music when I was like 15 years old. And um, I've been around for a okay. while. I'm 62. I'm 62. So, you know, I moved to Nashville in the 70s with a band, late 70s. Um, and was on the road mm-hmm. for several years, and you know that lifestyle was was it, it was uh, pretty crazy. And at the I got tired of living on the road. I got tired of you know I just got tired of that lifestyle. And I I grew up originally. My family owned ranches and farms, and so I'd grown up in the woods and with cattle and horses, and that was that's really my first love. Like I love the natural world. And so I'd gotten tired of the road and tired of the music business. I still loved playing music, but I was tired of the business. Um, and I went back to school and I ended up getting married. And we had a couple little girls, you know, and time passed. <clears throat> and those old behaviors that, you know, that I developed over the, the 10 years playing music and being on the road, you know, my life changed on the outside, but those behaviors didn't change. And so I ended up checking myself into a treatment center. Um, And I had a really amazing experience. I had no idea what I was doing. I knew nothing about treatment, nothing about recovery. I'd never gone to a therapist. I went to a therapist a few times before I decided to go ahead and check myself into the treatment center. But um, you know, it was, I had no idea. But, I knew I was sick of my life being the way it was. Um, and for some reason, I just trusted that therapist. and she said, You know if you if you are interested in going to this place for a month, I think you will completely change your life." And I was like, "You know, okay, cool. Go for it. So I did it and and it did. it um i I realized so much in that thirty days. I never for real understood um, the whole backstory of our being human. You know, we we all put on a mask and we all do our best to, you know, to act like our families are all great and everything's good. And, um, and the truth is there's all kind of stuff that goes on behind closed doors, you know, in homes all over America. And it doesn't matter if you live in the hood or you live in Beverly Hills, Humans are humans, you know, and um, we inherit a, a very wounded legacy. Um, and that legacy has never, has not been addressed from a point of view of, you know, we can unravel all of this stuff that we keep passing on from generation to generation. And we can change the stories that were taught define us. And we can change our relationship with ourself first and how we live in this world, and we can really let all this old wounded, you know, attachment to the past and and grudges and anger and resentment and and trauma, we can can let that stuff go. We have the power to do that if we should decide that's what we're going to do, you know, and that's, I just realized so much about that backstory when I was in that treatment center hearing, Mm -hmm. you know, people process what they had experienced in life. Um and it inspired me in,
1: in a way. Oh, see I'm glad I'm glad that you were able to get that wake up call. And I was thinking of when you said, you know, people put on a the smile, they put on the show. Which is true. We walk around, we act like we're so happy and we put this cover on this mask and no one really truly knows what's going on. And I was listening to T D Jakes this morning, like you can rejoice all you want. The devil don't mind that part. He don't mind you rejoicing and doing all that shouting. It's the faith part that he don't like. When you really start getting into the faith and really believing, then that's when he come out of you. Oh, okay. Now you really serious now. Okay. You, I don't mind you going to church, putting on a show, putting on this mask like you got it going on and faking the phone or calling on God when you think you really need him. Okay, that's fine. Damn, let's play that show. But now you really about business. Okay, it's time for me to attack and try to destroy and tear you down. And I'm, I'm glad that you were able to have that. You was in the right place at the right time with the right people. And I'm going to say that again, like C D J said, right time, right place, true. You have to be at that right time with the right people because you could be in the wrong place at the wrong time and the wrong people and still could have carried on down that journey like most of our celebrities have carried on. But I'm I'm very grateful that you were able to get involved with more alternative methods of recovery, um, Lee. Now, from from this book, what are you hoping to accomplish with it? Um
2: <clears throat> well there's a number of things actually. The you know, one yeah. of the most important aspects of the book to me is to to the message of this book shifts the point of view around healing and recovery work, you know, around personal transformation work. Um, It shifts the point of view from a place of judgment, you know, where we're bad people and we need to to stop being bad and learn how to be good. It shifts the, the point of view from, you know what, we're all human beings. We were all born into this world. We all are, there's far more to us, and we're much more powerful than we've been taught to believe. And we are capable of working through and addressing whatever happens to be haunting us, whatever patterns or behaviors we might have created not knowing any better, not realizing it. You know, because I never met anybody that, you know, that decided one day, well, I want to go be a junkie or I want to be an alcoholic or I want to, you know, I want to abuse my wife or my kids or my family. Nobody ever made that choice that that's what they wanted to do. But we inherit setups and dynamics um, that we end up in those places for all kinds of reasons, right? Um, and the book offers an opportunity to step out of this being an act of judgment and about it being an act of acceptance and and self empowerment and really redeeming yourself and raising yourself up by recovering faith in yourself. You know, and I love TD Jakes, by the way. <laughs> He's great.
1: Yes, <clears throat> he is. He really, he really takes you out to the conference zone. You be like, man, am I really doing all right? You be listening, to him like, okay, okay, I hear you, see these eight. Let me get my, let me get my ears together. That's why I take it with him. <laughs> he really puts you in line. But now, yeah, I, I, keep think thinking, what, I keep thinking,
2: I keep thinking, his thinking his head's gonna explode. Man, he gets so much energy going. I'd love to be in the room
1: with him. He does, and I'm always mostly listening to him on my personal development call. I get with a group of other young ladies and mans at 6 o'clock in the morning, and we do different videos, which helps us with personal development. But as told, you have to find your own personal development. It could be 30 minutes. It could be 15 minutes, but you have to find what actually works for you. That works for me, and I love it. I get upset sometimes if I miss a call. i like, darn it, I missed it. Even though I can do it on my own, it's like, it feels so good when you're joining together as a community. And that's what it takes. It takes a team. It takes a village to keep you up strong. Um, a lot of these values and morals have really left the scene, and we need to really gain those back. But... Well, you know, that's attention. really the heart... That's,
2: yeah, and that's really the heart ahead, of recovery let's... work is... The heart of recovery and the heart of healing work is, is about community. You know? Like, you can have a great therapist. You can have a a great teacher you can have a, a great doctor um, but what really raises us up is is being a part of a community that's aligned in, in each person really really taking responsibility for themselves and their choices in their life and we learn so much from each other when we're in an honest open transparent community you know we all learn from each other when we're when we're in that kind of an honest authentic connected community and energetically we're all connected all the time. Anyway, you know, we, we don't necessarily understand that, but that's the truth. We're, we're all connected all across this planet, um, you know, energetically. So community is really the basis for everything I've done in the, in the recovery world, starting treatment programs. And it's, it's the basis of what I do on the journeys. I lead journeys to Mexico um, to Teotihuacan The the city that you mentioned and um, You know it's like being a part of a church Man what you feel when you walk in that door That church What you feel is the heart and the soul Of all the people who come through that door You know that's yeah. I mean the, 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 the presence of spirit Is what we are But man when you bring a bunch of people together In alignment for healing Or for awareness Or for transformation For letting go of, of our You know our heavy Heartbroken, trauma, and and our old behaviors that no longer work for us. When when a group of people come together like that, it it magnifies it. It's it's empowering.
1: It is, and and that's one thing about life. Life comes at you unbalanced. That's why, as you said, you have fallen into that entrapment with the lifestyle of the drugs. Because our life is unbalanced. Nobody comes out with a perfect life and say, okay. You're gonna to go to school. You're gonna be successful. You're gonna be rich. No, it doesn't work like that. Life is that what makes the growth comes about. Growth comes when you're down. That's how it comes. That's where God wants you to be at. Faith comes about when you are through the trouble. He don't want you to. He don't want you rejoice when you feel that. Oh, I got this car. I have a house. No, rejoice when you're really down. That's the difficult part. Can you still rejoice? Can you still call on him even when you are going through your trials and your tribulations? Woo! Okay, we're gonna have church up here today, people. I'm just saying. Yes. <laughs> um, Lee, it, it was something in your book about sitting with the question. Um, that caught my eye. What is meant by sitting with the question? Okay. In our
2: culture, today, you know, when we have an issue or a problem. Or a challenge. We just want to find the answer. Right? We we want okay, to yeah. like if you got yeah, a medical issue, you want to go to the doctor and the doctor tell the doctor I need you to fix this, Doc. I need you to give me the answer. Or you go to a, a preacher or you go to a rabbi. We're we're programmed to believe that if we have a problem, that we need to find an expert on that get them to give us the answer then we just take that answer as the truth and we walk on we keep on going right what's yes, meant sir. by sitting with the, what's meant by sitting with the question that's great you can go to an expert you can get their point of view you know you can get their answer that does not relieve us of responsibility for what the truth is for us you know if i come to you and i say i got this problem tell me what to do and you tell me what you think I should do. If I just take your answer and I plug that in and I walk on, I've not really taken responsibility for myself. That all on you to give me the right answer. So, sitting with the question mm-hmm. means gather information, go to people, ask them for direction, you know, try and find as many points of view on the situation that you're that you're looking at. Find as many points of view as you can find, because the more points of view we have, the more the more awareness we can we can have around something. But then take the time to just sit with it and let it, let it sort itself out. You know, it's like you say in the recovery world, more will be revealed, right? Well, if you don't give more a chance to be revealed, there isn't much more going to get revealed. <laughs> You're just going to you're going to end up with a – it's kind of a fraudulent answer, actually, because taking another person's word for something is not authentic. And we're worthy of and deserving of, and we have within us that connection to spirit through our heart, through our soul. We have a direct link to spirit. And if we will sit, even though it's uncomfortable, even though we may be anxious, even though we think we're in a big hurry, Give it some time. Give it a week. Give it a day. Give it the time and give yourself the self-respect to allow what your answer to that situation is and allow that to come
1: forward. I I do agree. By me going to school for journalism, the concept is still the same. You have to do your own research. You can't trust anybody else research, but your own. Somebody could tell you whatever they want to tell you because that's their opinion, their beliefs, And even if they are right, you still have to go and still find another source. Okay, you told me that a year ago, and one doctor told me that she couldn't find something, so I had to find another doctor who who knew the answer, maybe the solution, you, and then find another one. You don't just go off with somebody else saying. That's what we do a lot of times. That's why the news and everything that's going on right now is happening because it's playing with your emotions oh the government shut down oh oh okay oh oh lord we, we're not getting no checks you can see everybody we're scrambling look like something like little bugs. oh my lord what we're gonna do what we're gonna do oh this situation this situation and um, uh, not even trying to bring up but we already heard about the news with the celebrity one of our rb music singers we run off of that and it's like okay you run off what you've seen on TV. Everybody watched this docu-series, so now everybody has their own opinions. Everybody got their emotions mixed in. So um, I don't like to consume my time with mess. When I hear this stuff on the news, I call it – I do. I call it mess. It's time-consuming. It, 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 that's part why it wasn't meant for me to go into that industry with the news because that's a lot you have to take in. You have to take all that stuff in and – it bogs down, and it bogs your spirit down, bogs your mind down because you're listening to this left and right. Everybody got their own their values stated on this, like, okay, enough is enough. I feel you, but enough is enough. It's time-consuming. Let's move on to more important things that's Absolutely. Going on, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Right. I, I don't, absolutely. And, right. And people took their opinion negatively, oh, you don't feel this way, never once. I love children very much. I have twin daughters myself, but I'm not about to consume myself off someone who's still being profitable to this day with anything. I, I don't try to run and get scared off what's going on in the news. That's what the news. <laughs> that's how the news plays off of us. They tell you something and you go well along with it because we fall. Thing they want to tell you and they know they can play. It's played, it's played on emotions. Um, wow. It <laughs> I'm telling you, Lee. This conversation looks like it gets so deep rather than just a book, and I love it. I do. Um, you use, why, in, in your book, I also noticed it's a format, um, a medicine wheel format. Why did you use that?
2: The medicine wheel, well, first of all, first of all, you know, when you're working with human beings, our mind Responds well, and our mind, especially when we're in a place of confusion, you know, or heartbreak or loss. Um, when you're in a place where you're, you realize you really want to change your life. You really need to look at yourself. It serves us to have a structure, and it serves the nature of how our mind works to have a structure that we can follow. That the structure helps us guide our attention. So if I have a structure that's saying that's saying we're going to start in the east and in the east we're going to focus on our childhood and we're going to focus on our relationship to our physical body and how we take care of our body and because I am responsible for how I take care of my body my body's not responsible for me I'm responsible for my body and I'm not my body I'm the spirit the energy the light that gives life to this body, you know, and when I leave my body, my body returns to the earth again. You know, I'm not positive where we go, but I know we do not die when our body dies. Right. So when you create a structure and you assign values, you know, as we did in the medicine wheel, um, then follow your way around that. It supports you and putting your focus and putting your attention on specific aspects of your life one piece at a time. Right? And so you can drill down into your childhood and what were the experiences of your childhood that has stayed with you. Whether they were wonderful experiences or whether they were horrible experiences, it's all a part of being human. Right? And and it serves us to unravel the stories that we have created about ourselves and about life and about the world we live in, um, and a lot of those stories, in fact, the majority of our our stories that we that we make up about life and right and wrong and good and bad, the majority of those stories are actually anchored in our childhood, you know, and very rarely do people ever stop and unravel their belief system, unravel their judgments and their opinions. And and from a place of non judgment, is that really true today? You know, is is that really true about me? Is that really true about you know men, or is that really true about women, or is, whatever it is, whatever your agreements are, whatever, however your story comes apart when you focus on it and you work with it. So the medicine wheel then. You, it offers that structure. It offers guidance for the, for our mind. It gives us a, a path to focus on, and so it also you work on the east, and then you go to the south, and the south is is like our teenage years, and the south is our relationship. Different relationships are in diff, in each direction. Okay, well you work from the east to the south to the west to the north, and the truth is in our life, life is really circular life comes around in big circles when you've lived enough years you really realize you know that old saying what goes around comes around well it's true um and what happens is if 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 i was to step into the heart reconnection work and i started doing that work on myself when i was 30 and i worked through the medicine wheel path and you know, I got some clarity and some resolution, and I, I I healed some stuff and I moved on. If I come back to that medicine wheel ten years later when I'm 40, I could step into that same process, and it's going to be a very different process because I'm a very I'm in a very different place with myself. Um. You know, and the things that we can heal, the things that we can work on. And, and align ourselves with, or the the old heavy energy and the trauma and the heartbreak and the judgment and the fear that we might let go of. The first time we go around the wheel, we can't let it all go. The first time, you know, it's an ongoing process because we have a lifetime of stuff, and we even are unraveling energy that we inherited. You know, we're born into this right. world, and we're primarily a clean slate. We're like the our mind is like the hard drive on a computer. The day you're born, that hard drive is a clean hard drive, but the the what quantum science and quantum physics has come to understand now is that there is an energetic imprint in our blood and in our body that we literally inherit energetic traits from our ancestors, from the people that came before us. You know, and In in Native American traditions, it said that we inherit seven generations back. So what that would mean is that literally the day you were born, you inherited an imprint of the experience and the legacy of your bloodline going seven generations back. Well, that stuff that it's, we don't have a story about it, but it's still with us. And the amazing thing about that is that if you go do healing work on yourself and you realign yourself with your truth, with your heart, with your spirit, and you address everything that, that is in the way of that realignment, you address everything that takes you out or causes fear or causes anxiety, all the old stories, when you heal yourself, you're healing the legacy that you inherited. And when we do that, that act and that energy reaches back, and it touches the souls of the people that came before
1: us. That's right, Lee. Break those generational curses. That's what I'm taking from all that. to Break the generational curses because you got to look out for your legacy because there are people who are looking at you. But can you do right when no one is at you is my thing. We're going to take a short commercial break. We're going to come back with Lee we more about his book, so I don't want you going anywhere. Don't touch that dial just yet.
0: Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Log Talk, Talk Radio, baby.
3: There are many sounds in your day-to-day life. There are sounds that wake you up. Sounds that make you smile. Sounds that energize you. And sounds that help you relax. But there are some sounds that can alert you to danger and can help save lives. Wireless emergency alerts, now on many mobile devices, Use a unique sound and vibration to bring you information about severe weather events, AMBER alerts, or other emergencies in your area. With critical information from local sources you know and trust, you can be in the know, wherever you are. For more information, visit ready.gov slash alerts. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. All
1: right, we're back. We're back. And I'm your host. If you just tuned in, I'm your host, Technisha. If you listen to the replay, please make sure you share it with your friends and your family. I'm here with Mr. Lee McCormick, one of the authors of the Heart Action Guidebook. Very interesting conversation that we're having. So please make sure you listen to the replay. Uh, we were talking a little bit about CG Jake earlier, and that was one of my personal developments today about faith, of course. Um, to access God is by faith The enemy don't mind you rejoicing As long as you don't believe um, Before we were called Christians We were called believers And faith is that door that gives And your heart reconnection works work Please
2: No, that's a great question What would you Can I turn it around on you What's the difference between faith and belief to you What's that mean to you It's a oh, big wow,
1: question. That is a, oh, it is. It 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 is. I, to me faith is oh man, that's so it, it seems so deep to me. It's it's really it's different from belief because belief is to me something that your parents taught you. Something that school you know, okay, I want you to believe in God. They tell you to believe in God. But then you have to go through your own testimony, your own trials and your tribulations in order to know who God probably is to you in order to gain that faith. Because I can tell my children to believe in God all they want, and they probably don't have a clue about the Bible or anything else, you know. So my difference with that is that belief belief is taught from other people who told you what to believe in. They told you to believe the sky is blue. Faith is an intermission with God. To know him to actually go through your breakthrough and or to get through something else
2: yeah you got it well it's you know what i would say is completely aligned with that that beliefs beliefs are of the mind okay we okay we're taught something we're told something you go ask td something and and td jakes gives you an answer and you say you know what I, I believe that. I believe that. Okay, right. what that is is we gather a lot of beliefs and we form beliefs. Our mind creates beliefs based on information and based on experience. Um, and belief is like downloading information onto the hard drive of, of a computer. Belief okay. is attached. Belief is attached to particular versions or particular frames of knowledge, and belief is based in knowledge, okay? It's based in information. It's based in experience. Belief is all downloaded into the mind. The thing about us humans is when we attach ourselves to our beliefs, then we need our beliefs to be right for us to be okay. You follow me? Like, I can put a – I can create a whole belief system and you could use being a christian for instance that my name's lee mccormick and i'm a christian and i believe this and this and this and this and this and because i believe these things those beliefs make me okay and my beliefs right. are right and and me being right means that i'm i'm good enough and it means that you know i'm going to heaven right but the truth is true faith is not attached to a need to be right true faith is a connection a relationship for me it's a relationship to what i call the mystery and the mystery is a living experience it's an experience like you and i having this conversation right now you know there's an energy going on between you and me and that's spirit and that's the mystery and life is that energy is that mystery um is that flow of spirit so when i have faith in something. I don't have any need to be right because there's no fear involved. Beliefs can be completely underpinned by fear, and we don't know it. A lot of people are very attached to their belief system because underneath they're afraid that they're not okay or they're not enough or they're not good enough. You know, And so fear drives us to want to make up a belief system that gives us value. And then we attach to that belief system, and we attach to that story. But it's all what I call virtual. It's all been made up in, the, in my mind as a man, as a human being. Beliefs are made up by the mind of man, and faith is a direct, direct relationship to spirit. And, and spirit, is, spirit is really the unknowable, but it's alive and it's
1: present, and you still have a relationship with it. Right. Oh yeah. Now that's really taking it a little step farther. That was deep, but it was still in alignment with one another. Yes, it was. Now, how would we know if we are living from our heart or from our mind?
2: Yeah, it's that's a whole practice in itself. Now, the you know when you really live anchored in your heart and your spirit. Um that, that's that question's really aligned with what we were just talking about. What I know now and and the way I live my life and how it feels being me day in and day out is my connection is through my heart and my spirit and, and my connection is really is really a relationship to, to spirit, to life. You know. Um I, I do the best I can do, and I really don't judge myself anymore one way or another. You know, life happens. Good things happen. Bad things happen. I work toward particular goals, you know, or, you know, I, I'm, I show up and I do my best, and the way it rolls is the way it rolls. And I don't have a need to judge it as good or bad. It may be, you know, what I'd hoped would happen. It may be the opposite of what I'd hoped would happen. But what I know is tomorrow's another day and another game and, it, and and another deal goes down, right? So living from the heart, living from a heart is living with awareness, with compassion, with self acceptance. It's living beyond the frame of judgment. You know, you're not projecting judgment on other people because there's no need. I got no need to be judging anybody else. None of my business, really. I, may, I make choices about who and what I'm going to do and who and what I'll associate with or work with, but I don't need to judge them in order to not want to go go hang out with them. Right? It's just eh, not my thing. I go do what I go do because that's what I'm called to do, not because I need to make you bad or wrong. But living from the mind, on the other hand, for the most part, the way, the way we are taught, programmed as children in this world these days, the basis of the mind is largely a foundation of fear. And so the mind is always trying to be right. It's always judging one thing against another. It's always keeping score. The mind is an amazing tool. You know, the mind can process information. It remembers language. It dreams. You dream all night long. That's your mind. Well, we also are dreaming all day long because we're dreaming our way through the course of our life by our our thoughts, our inspirations, the stories that we make up. The mind is an amazing storyteller, right? It's the mind that makes up these stories of who, who Lee McCormick is or or, you know, what the world is. Um, but the mind is largely based in judgment, and the mind has a lot of fear woven through it. And living from the mind tends to have a lot of right, wrong, good, bad, um, you know, a, a lot of reaction. If I live from my mind, then I will tend to react more what's going on around me or what's going on within me rather than actually making a constant, a conscious choice when I respond, I'll respond out of reaction. Something will happen and I'll yell at somebody as opposed to something will happen and I may get angry and I feel that anger, but I'm present and grounded and I know there's anything to be accomplished by yelling at them. You know, so I'll respond in a way that's intentional, rather than reacting in a way that feeds more chaos. Or you know, it
1: actually ends up feeding the problem, not addressing the problem.
2: Does that make sense?
1: It makes perfect. Yes, it does. It makes perfect sense. I'm glad you explained it to me because um, I was a little confused on that. But I'm glad I'm getting the understanding now. When it comes to the reader, why should a reader believe your points of view?
2: Well, it's exactly what I said a few minutes ago. You don't need to believe me. What this book is about right. is read this read this book and sit with it and see how it feels. And and it's a that's a great question because it also pulls in what we just said about the mind. See, when you live from your mind, your mind automatically and immediately judges any new information. Okay, so. You already have, you, all of us humans, we all have belief systems. The mind is vested in the belief system needing to be right. I If I'm, if I'm living by my mind and I'm living by my belief system, then I'm going to defend what I have decided is the truth based on my beliefs. I'm going to immediately defend my beliefs anytime some something comes along that's not congruent with my beliefs. So you come to me and you say, this and this and this is the truth. And I say, no, that's not the truth. This is what I believe the truth is. Well, we immediately defend our beliefs because our good enough, our security, our self-worth is invested in our beliefs having to be true. You understand what I'm saying? And so the truth is there's not really, from my point of view and from the nature of the way this book is written the truth is we were all born good enough you know if we weren't good enough we wouldn't exist creator didn't create a bunch of messes and then turn the messes loose to go prove that they had value that's crazy town if that's what's going on here then i just don't believe it that's not, that that's not been my experience my experience is that we're all created good enough but the world we we're born into has taught us to believe otherwise, and so we end up behaving according to what we've been taught, not behaving according to the truth of our heart and spirit. You know, So the book offers a lot of points of view that are an opportunity for the reader to read it and then sit with that information And see how it feels rather than just immediately reacting and saying, well, I don't believe that. I'm not reading any more of this. You know, I think it's if you're in a place of question in your life, you need healing in your life. You know, you feel trapped. You're stuck. You're not happy. I mean, seriously, you're, you know, your life's not happy. You don't wake up in the morning and feel good about getting out of bed and going into the day. You're not inspired. If you're stuck. I can guarantee you that you're not going to get unstuck unless you're willing to challenge your belief system. You know, that's what growing's is about. Growing in our life and evolving in our life requires that, we, that we, we find a way to open our mind and open our heart enough to question things and then just sit and let the truth come to us, come through us. The truth will come from within you, up through you rather than the truth always being delivered by somebody out there in the world. Let the truth come through you from spirit rather than always looking for the truth from somebody else's point of view. So that's why I say don't believe me, but try and practice reading the book and sitting with what's being offered and see how that feels rather than
1: just what you think about it.
3: Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Get your own understanding of it instead of anyone else. Now, now, just asking off of that, how long does it take to work through the Heart Reconnection Guidebook?
2: Oh, wow. Well, well, that that depends on every individual. You know, we're all unique. I mean, the cool thing about this book, this book, like you said, you have a, a circle of friends that, you know, you that, that, you know like a prayer circle or a, a study circle or a book club or something. This is a fantastic for a group of people to read and work through it together and be mirrors for each other. You know, I like that term that when, when I'm looking at myself in my life and I'm working on myself and my relationships, it's, you want to have mirrors. You want to have other people with you that can help mirror back for you the things you're thinking or believing or feeling, um, and we all support each other in that way. So how long does it take? It really just depends on the nature of how deep you want to go. You know? Okay, um and, and and how committed that group how committed a group of people might be, you know, as they step into this process.
1: Right. I was just I did mention the fact that I have a group of people that I do that with and he was talking about that in one of his speeches that you have to have a certain group for everything, a group for spirituality, a group for successful people. Cause I can't talk, I can't talk to my socialized friends about my success if their mind and their concept is not there. And can't talk to my success friends about partying because they probably don't want to hear it. So you gotta have a a group of friends for every part of your life. And I was like, wow, I didn't never think of that. That's part why nobody really gets what you're saying because you're trying to talk to the same person about different subjects. And it's like, okay, they're not connecting with you at all because they're not on the same level. So it's, it's amazing. Like every little bit of this conversation brings out a part of what I've been learning and trans, transpiring through. But who else is this for? Because we know that it could be for people who recover from mental health or to leak.
2: I think anybody that's interested in, in the journey of life. Honestly, I think anybody that's, you know, that's at a place in the life where they're, you're wondering like, what's going on here? Like, why, who am I really? That's one of the greatest questions in life is who am I really? You know, and I the mean, absolutely. I mean, I'm, you know, am I just my father's son and my mother's son? And am I just, you know, the guy that everybody on the street knows and because there's – it's kind of like Jesus. You know, there's there's, got a, there's about 30, 40, 50 Jesuses out there because everybody's got an interpretation of what he had to say and what he was talking about. Uh, see, I think that's really funny. I'm kind of like, I right, there's only one, and, and he's in the light, but then there's all these interpretations. Well, it's the same thing with us. You know, there's a whole lot of people that tell you they know exactly who I am. They don't have any more clue who I am than the man in the moon, not really, but they know the story that they believe about me, right? You're right. the same way. We're all, all of us are the same way. All kinds of people think they know exactly who we are, um, and they all have a story about us, and little bits of each one are actually true, but none of them are the truth. You know, um, This book is for anybody who has an interest. And the truth of who they really are, and an interest in looking at life from different points of view, um, and has an interest in, you know, in the in the in healing, in changing the legacy that they've inherited that that might be on them, you know, we end up being haunted by all kind of stuff that we inherited that wasn't our stuff, right? The, the stuff that I inherited from my parents, there's stuff I inherited from my parents and my grandparents. It wasn't my stuff, but guess what? I got it, and it's not personal. They didn't do anything to hurt me intentionally. But you know what? I don't want to be carrying around anybody else's stuff anymore. I, I want to be as authentic and clear and clean as I can be because I want to let go of everything that I want to let go of all the parts of my, the legacy that I inherited. That actually don't really serve me because I don't want to pass that on to another generation. I want to free the next generation of children so that they have an opportunity to be who they really are, you know, from the get go, so that they're not working through a whole bunch of mess that they inherit because our generation didn't do the work on ourselves that we could have done.
1: Right. Exactly. And they're watching. They're watching even when you when you think they're not watching, especially children. They don't do as we tell them. Do they do as we do? That's mainly um, how it actually goes. Uh, I was thinking of when you said the part about how Jesus has so many names, and that was true because my coworker talked about that a while back, that you just can't call him God. You have to call him the creator because there's so many different gods and everybody has their own beliefs. So you have to call him the creator. you got to call him by his actual name, Yahweh. And I'm like, wow, I never – I, you know, I never learned. That's why I say you're never too old to learn. You're never too young to teach. Because I'm like, I didn't never think of that. Um, That it is different gods. But when you when I go back through my learning, Greek mythology, there was different gods, ancient Greeks. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. So you have to call him by his actual name. Because you don't want to just be calling out different god, your wrong god. I was like, wow. That that really is how my conversations go when I talk to certain people. But, um, there was something that got to me, too. Um, you are not your body. What is actually the meaning of that? Is it kind of like on the same thing, like people use their body to get what they want, or they think this is them, or I'll look this certain way, so this is me. And it's actually not because the image goes away so quickly to me.
2: Well, I mean, you know, you're, you've got a lot of relationship to Christianity and, and you know, to to the Christ. Well, Jesus wasn't his body. His body died, but he didn't die. He was—he's the light, and he said that. That's been said in practically every religion around the world through the history of humanity. There have been references to the fact that, you know, we're not the physical form that we experience this world in. We're the consciousness and the light. It gives life to this physical form. Um, And it's it's really that simple. And what that does then is it puts responsibility on who I am really. I'm the consciousness that lives in this body. I'm the awareness that I'm in this body. You ever watch a little tiny baby? Next time you're around a little baby, you know, I have a – I had a little grandson born yesterday, right? So – Next time you're around a little two-, three-, four-, five-month-old baby, you watch them when they wake up, the way a little baby will wake up, and they'll open their eyes, and and they start stretching, and you watch them, and you'll see, I swear, you can see that they're stretching, wiggling around like, wait a minute, where am I? What's this thing I'm in? (laughs) You know, like they're waking up and realizing, man, I'm trapped in this little suit here. What is this? We're the consciousness that gives life to the body. And I, that consciousness, I am responsible for how I take care of this body. You know, my body is, it's almost like our body is the most loyal pet you could ever have because our body, our heart keeps beating, our breath keeps, you know, our lungs keep breathing. Our arms and legs keep moving, and our body does its best every day to show up even when we abuse it, even when we hate on it, even when we, you know, we, we eat junk crap food and get lost in drugs and alcohol, and, we, you know, we just don't take care of our body. But our body never doesn't do its best to keep showing up for us, to keep moving. And so to identify as the body is to identify as something less than the truth of what you really are. You know, you're the spirit. You're the light. And we have a responsibility to care for the body because for whatever reason we're in this world as a human being, you know, that's clearly the intent of the creator. And it's my responsibility to take care of this body while I'm here because I'm only here for a minute anyway. I don't care if you would to be a hundred years old, by the time you get there it's only a minute.
1: Right. Yeah, I'll take care of your temple. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And look at how vanity in our culture, how vain we are, you know. Um and I and I don't look at that as a sin, it's a it's a symptom of how insecure we really are you know how comfortable are you just being you just just sitting with yourself can you just go sit go sit outside on a park bench somewhere and sit there for an hour and be at peace and just watch the world go by you know and and how does that feel when you do if you were to go do that like take a journal with you and go sit there for 1 hour And watch the world go by and be a witness to what are the thoughts that pass through your mind. You know, what do you see? How much judging do you do? You know, um, how does it feel being in your body? How does it feel sitting in the sun? And be a witness to yourself. Just be a witness to how you interact with you in this life. And then just write it down, you know. I think if so, I think if you did that, if you took, even if it was 30 minutes a day, if you took 30 minutes a day and went and just picked a place to sit, it could be in the mall, it could be in a bar, it could be in the park, it could be anywhere, be in an office building, in the lobby, and just sit for 30 minutes and watch the world go by and be a witness to your own mind, to the thoughts you have, to the judgments that come up, you know, Can you sit and just be at peace and watch the world and breathe and be grateful that you're alive for 30 minutes at a time?
1: Now, that is a message. Drop the mic on that. 30 minutes, just sit peacefully. Even my mentor was talking about that today. Find a spot where it's not noisy, a spot in your house. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, a spot in my house where it's not noisy, us? That's hard. I'm one level house. I have children who become be coming home, so i probably have to do it like up in the morning time, thinking of my closet. So she was like, find a spot where where you're uninterrupted. Block out that time where you're uninterrupted. Time is coming to an end with Lee. Wish it could have been longer, but this has been an interesting conversation. I really appreciate you, Lee, for sharing your values with us and enlightening us. Please, um, before we go, Lee, tell us where can we purchase your the Heart Connection of uh, the Heart Reconnection Guidebook.
3: The
2: Heart Reconnection Guidebook is on Amazon, and you can order it from your bookstore, but it's on Amazon.com, and you can reach me through SpiritRecovery.com, and also through my treatment program here in Nashville, the IntegrativeLifeCenter.com.
1: All right, well you heard it from Lee to where to pick up his book and how to contact them. Before we leave, the truth of the day from my friend Mary Ellen and who was a former guest on my show. Share your excitement about life. When you share your excitement about life with others, you create more joy in your own life. There is so much in life that is incredible and needs to be
3: experienced.
1: Whether you are alone in a relationship or with friends, you can choose to increase your joy through experiencing our beautiful world. The beauty of our world is always best appreciated when I shared with others. To experience this, see all the beauty and nature that surrounds you. Enjoy the day, everyone. I'll see you the next time on The Bright Side with Technicia. God bless.
0: Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com.